This is Sun Creek Radio. Where your spirit comes to shine. And now, here's your host, Steve Lindbergh. We're here with Pastor Tammy Galloway as she shares her call to ministry. This was after our other podcast where we talked about the pathway to discipleship, and this was an unexpected unexpected outpouring that we really enjoyed. I think you'll enjoy it too. So for me, my call to ministry really was not a aha, one-time, <laughs> oh, moment, <laughs> if you will. Uh, it, it was a long journey that wandered and wavered, and it was really more of a slow awareness and awakening. Um, I want to say, I think it began uh, when I was a stay-at-home mom with my kids. Um, honestly, it began out of a little bit of frustration and what some people might call a midlife crisis. Uh, I do not want to deny or minimize the joy and the privilege that I had to be a stay-at-home mother, but I also felt incredibly frustrated. I had been a public school teacher for five years prior to that and was really unhappy with my work and knew that was not what I should do with my life, but I also knew that staying home with my children full-time for the rest of my life was not what I was supposed to be doing with my life. Um, and so I just was in a place of really wondering and maybe openness and seeking. And I wouldn't have called it a call at the time. I was just trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life. And that was a time when movie The Bucket List came out. And um, people had that concept of kind of making the, the list of things you want to do before you die. And I read a book called The Next Thing on My List from Women's Book Club. And, and so I started making a list of things I wanted to do before I die. And on that list was generically worded, I want to find out something to do with my life that I will enjoy doing and it will make a difference in the lives of others. It was that simple. I had no idea that it was going to lead me to ministry. If I had to pick something, I probably never would have picked ministry out of a hat. Never in my life did I think I was going to be a pastor. My husband did not marry a pastor. My children's mama was not a pastor. Uh, so it's been a journey. Um, and I, I, I have to say during that time, I had a friend who uh, was going through a program. Um, she invited me into a group to, to learn spiritual practices and kind of grow spirituality with a group of women. And so we started that together. And she would go and she came back and she taught me about this crazy thing called Lectio Divina that I'd never heard of before and contemplative prayer and reading scripture and praying with the Bible and this whole notion of prayer as not reciting the Lord's Prayer or not just reciting the Lord's Prayer and not just talking to God and asking for what we want, but um, really introducing me to the idea of prayer as listening. I have been a United Methodist my whole life, and for 40 years nobody suggested to me that prayer might be about listening to God. And so it was this radical, crazy thing when this friend invited me to do that. And I'm going to give her credit, Julia Goodell, um, was just that woman who probably really opened the door for my call to ministry. And so uh, she shared that with me. We gathered once a week to read scripture and to pray. And um, during that time, uh, moments of listening and just being with God in a more open, receptive way than in a, I'm going to show up and learn something, or I'm going to show up and <laughs> talk to God and tell him what I want. Uh, it was just sort of being with God and um, 
over time, I had one day, for example, an experience of just being surrounded by an immense warmth. It was like being wrapped in a blanket that had just come out of the dryer. Um, it wasn't something I could actually touch or see or hear or smell or taste, but it was just sort of that um, sense, and it was just very holy, and something within me just said, that's God. And I'd never really had a moment quite like that before in my life, although I say I think I touch that sometimes when I'm outside on a mountaintop or in a beautiful place and or a beautiful sunset. And, um, and things like that sometimes happened when I was praying, and I can't make them happen. That's not the way God works. <laughs> He's not put the quarter in and dispense and get your wish. Um, but I found that God showed up in prayer in unexpected ways, um, and I was in awe and so I showed up to prayer more often and more faithfully and I would say that's really kind of the beginning of a journey but even then it wasn't a call to ministry yet it was just a call to love God and share in a level of intimacy that for me had never been a part of my faith life before and through those experiences I came to have a relationship with God that was so much more than just repeating the words of faith that I had been given by others. I started to really claim that faith for myself and know that this God thing was real for me and to believe it in my heart and mind and body and soul. So was there a moment? <laughs> <laughs> it was many moments like that one, you know, it was many moments and, uh, moments like I said just sort of that warm peace but then over time I will say there are times I had visions saw images in my mental imagination thought I heard God speaking to me um, ask inviting me to do new things that were outside my comfort zone and some of those you know I willingly did and some of them I didn't probably like most human beings and um that kind of happened over the course of a whole year that I want to say God was just sort of probing me, seeing if I would lean into what he was inviting me into. And um, it's not, I, Can I interrupt you? Yeah, it go sounded ahead. like you got into a, a habit of a prayer practice yeah. that you hadn't been doing before. What, what did that look like? Was it daily? Was it in a quiet room? Was it yeah, good when your question. kids were taking a nap? <laughs> when the kids were at school. Yeah, good question. For me, uh, it was when the house was empty and quiet and the work of the day was sort of done, but it wasn't, it was in the morning after everybody was out of the house and I could just sit and be. And um, at that time, I set up actually a, a desk uh, by a window in my house so I could look out on nature. And that was a place that I would say it was sort of my prayer spot. And I, I really believe that praying at the same time and place every day helps your prayer discipline. And so, yeah, it was kind of just developing a routine of that and usually um, grounded in scripture and reading a passage and then just sort of sitting with it and wondering about it and letting it sink into my heart. So were you praying with your eyes open, looking at nature? and Sometimes, sometimes I did and sometimes with my eyes closed. I'm a... Um, I'm a highly sensitive person to sight, sound, and smell. Um, I think there's a word for that, like sensates. I don't know, but I'm, I'm basically one of those. And so um, I can be overwhelmed with too much sensory information when my eyes are open. So for me, I usually kind of um, sit in a relaxed position, but upright and awake, close my eyes. Um, I like to sit with my hands open because to me, that's a way of embodying the fact that I'm open to God and that God can 
put in my hands or take away from my hands um, what God will during that time of prayer. And it's also coming with some intention. It's, um, it's not just sitting down and, oh, I'm going to do prayer time today and check it off my list and go about my chores again. It's, it's coming and saying, you know, I'm really going to show up and be with God. And I, I, I hope for something out of this, but um, never knowing quite what it's going to be. It sounds like you probably didn't have like a set amount of time either. Mm -hmm. Like you would get into, you would get into your prayer and then just stay as long as you felt like you wanted to or could or or could or um, can't think of the right word, but you're, you're feeling it. So you hung in there. I can't think think of a better way to say it. Yeah, no, very much so. And again, this was a privilege. This was when my, I was a stay at home mom. I didn't have to go to work and my kids were out of the house and I had the time. I was in a season of my life kind of where I had the time to just stay with prayer as long as the spirit was sort of present to me. So people probably ask you about your calling and maybe mm-hmm. as it relates to themselves. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, we were just talking about this a little bit ago about how, how, how would you recommend people or if someone comes to you and says, hey, did I have a calling? I, I felt chill bumps on the mm-hmm. mountain or I felt I was looking at a, out my window in nature and I felt something or I was praying and felt something. Mm-hmm. How, how would you help them along? Well, I think I would definitely encourage them that that is an awareness of God's presence and to savor those moments as huge gifts of grace. I think that's my first starting point with that is to affirm um, what they were feeling in that moment as real and as of a way in which they were connecting with God. And I would encourage um, people that what whatever makes you feel that awareness of God, and for some people it's gardening, and for some people it's exercising, and for some people it's being in quiet prayer like me, and for some people it's being in, in communion and in community and fellowship and worship. Um, everybody's a little bit different, but whatever it is that sort of gives you chill bumps or um, maybe makes your soul alight and, and feel joy and uh, wonder and awe, then do that. Do that thing that, that lights that fire in you and do it as much as you can. And just start with being in love with God and and let God love you in those moments and notice how God is already present to you and loving you. That's the first step. And Daniel had a good question too. How do you know when you have these moments and then when do you realize okay now I need to make a lot of changes in my life like move to Dallas and (laughs) seminary moments in between (laughs) (laughs) there were a lot of moments in between there were um one story was an invitation one day I told you I had visions one day I had a vision of um the street outside my children's elementary school and I was parent drop off and parent pickup and I could see that street vividly it wasn't words, it wasn't an image or anything other than that street, but I had pressed into my heart an understanding that I needed to um, do something for someone related to that school community. Didn't know who, didn't know what, didn't know anything. It was just sort of like a, this is coming at you, Tammy. I felt like it was God setting me up to be ready for the moment when the moment came. And it was not but a week later, my children and I were playing at a park, and we um, encountered a mother and her children. She was a single mom. Um, I didn't really know the family very well, but uh, her kid had been in, in my son's class at school, and um, she was sharing with me that um, she had gone home to take care of her parents who had gotten sick, and 
um, when she came back, she had lost her job because she had been away taking care of her mom for so long. And because she lost her job, then she was getting kicked out of her apartment. And it was just sort of one of those moments because God had prepared me for it. I knew that that was the space that I was supposed to walk into and the person that I was supposed to be attentive to and to help. And, um, I journeyed with this woman and her beautiful children for six months. Um, she was also getting out of an abusive marriage, um, where her husband was physically abusing her. And so my family and I was just showing up. It was just being there. I didn't, it wasn't some holier than thou moment. Um, you know, I, I gave her kids rides to school and I was her crying shoulder and um, I encouraged her to seek help and get counseling and, and get into a women's shelter and, and eventually kind of get out and get on our feet. And I'm just delighted to say that every once in a while we still call and text each other. It's been many years and um, she went back to school. She was eventually able to get out of the abusive relationship. She went back to school, got a nursing degree and is providing for her children and really standing on her own two feet. And I don't I don't think it's because I did anything other than just that she was not alone in the world when she was going through a really dark time. And um, that, I think, was part of my call to ministry. I didn't know it at the time. That was just the thing I was called into in that moment. That was a calling in that moment. Um, a few months after that experience, um, I went into my church pastor because I said, God is showing up a whole lot in my prayer, and I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do because <laughs> I felt like there were all these little callings and all these insights and all these moments of God testing me or inviting me to things and I was starting to be a little bit anxious about it and my pastor said well I can't tell you what God's doing you're just gonna have to keep showing up you're you're listening keep showing up she said but if you want to know about a call to ministry you know I, I encourage you to read about all the stories in the Bible where somebody was called by God to do something. So you read the story of Abraham, read the story of Moses, read the story of Elijah, read the story of Mary um, and, and so I did that. And I went home and I started reading and praying with those stories and finding out ways in which that what God was doing in my life was kind of like what God was doing in their life and ways in which it was different. And I have to say one of those nights I had been up, I don't even remember what story it was I had read that night. I'd been up late reading and praying and I went to bed and I think this is the moment of true calling in the sense that most people might expect a call story and as I lay on the cusp of sleep not fully wide awake but not yet asleep I'm just very uh, spiritually alert um, I heard God say to me Tammy go to seminary and if I could have turned and looked at God, I would have turned and gone, ha, <laughs> and given him a crazy eye roll and smirked and probably kind of walked away. Um, I was like, God, you got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm married with kids. I wasn't planning on this. I don't have money saved up to go to graduate school. Um, this is not in my plans. And in that moment... And you might remember that most of those other prophets also said, God, why me? <laughs> Moses, right? <laughs> said, why me? I got a speeching, speaking problem. <laughs> and that's why he got Aaron as his sidekick. <laughs> um, we all wonder. We all wonder. We don't feel equipped. We don't feel ready. And in that moment when I doubted and I wanted to laugh God off, God, this is going to sound totally crazy, 
But God gave me, if you will, uh, a flashing of snapshots of moments in my life that God was had prepared me for that call. And they went back to when I was a little kid. There are things that you wouldn't think had anything to do with seminary or being a pastor or anything else. They were just moments that God said, and, and here, and here was I was preparing you, here I was preparing you. And some of those things were memories that I still retained from my childhood, but many of them were things I did not remember until I saw them again in that moment. And all of those moments that God gave me back to myself made me say, yeah, you have called me to this. You have prepared me. This is not out of line with who you created me to be and the way I'm formed and the way my life has prepared me. And I sort of surrendered to it, if you will. Um, it just made sense in that moment. And I realized that God had given me a very big gift with showing me and affirming to me that call and in accepting my yes, if you will, even though it really wasn't to do anything yet. It was just saying yes in my head. And I remembered that line when Mary heard the promise that had been said over Jesus to her and she treasured those words in her heart. And that's how I felt. And I have this little treasure box that holds that memory very dear. I'm tearing up now. You can probably hear it in my voice. That moment was really sacred between God and I. So then came the challenge of waking up the next morning and having to tell my husband, hey, I think God wants me to go to seminary. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I think he was probably kind of surprised, although he had, of course, been walking with me through everything in that year that had been leading up to it. So in some ways, it was not totally a surprise. And I just remember him turning to me with such um, love and saying, you're lighting up in a way that I've never seen you light up before. You know, I think you're supposed to do this. And so that began the day of exploring what does seminary look like? How do you get ordained? You know, what is ministry? What is all of that? And that has been continuing to unfold and happen in steps. I, I went to seminary and I was happy. I was like, boy, if I could just sit in a school of theology every day for the rest of my life, I would be a happy person. I love learning. Um, it was a very rich experience. I treasure my time at Perkins. And most of my years at Perkins, you can go ask all my friends. I said, there's no way I'm going to be a church pastor. <laughs> <laughs> never tell God, never. <laughs> and uh, so when I left school, uh, I actually did not get ordained or did not go forward for ordination and commissioning at the time, my first year out of school. I took a year and um, to kind of find myself to live, figure out what this meant to be in ministry and to do some deep prayer and soul searching. And again, another moment of God kind of like I say, I, my path meanders and wanders, and usually it's me stepping away and God drawing me back. I think most of us are like that. And uh, I was trying to figure out how to do my own thing that did not involve getting ordained. And <laughs> I remember I was on a week-long retreat, and um, God gave me that passage of Jesus coming to Simon Peter in the resurrection in the Gospel of John. Um, after Peter has denied him and after Jesus has um, 
died and, and has now come back and the disciples are out fishing and, and Jesus goes up to Simon Peter and he says, do you love me? You're feeding my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And I felt God asking me those very questions. How much do you really love me, Danny? Are you willing to give your life up for this? <laughs> tend my sheep, tend my people. And I really felt in that moment just a clear sense that God was calling me to the church and to be in ministry and to serve the community. That what all had been happening was not about me. It was for the sake of God and the sake of others. And that's really kind of when I recommitted myself to the ordination path. And um, again, a journey of still not thinking I was going to be in pastoral ministry. Well, I'll do ministry, but I won't do pastoral ministry. And, um, you know, God pulling me back yet again through other experiences like many of those I've already shared. But it's just been a journey. It continues to unfold. But I have to say, I am so delighted and thrilled with what I'm doing here at Sun Creek. I love being in this place. I'm doing what God cut me out to do. Um, I feel more fully alive than I've felt in my whole life. I love the people I work with. I love doing God's work. I love the holy privilege of being there in people's biggest, most joyful moments and their darkest, hardest moments. It is so incredibly humbling. And I feel like God has put me here to be in the right place at the right time in my life. So whatever that next step in my call and my journey looks like, I do not know, but I know that for right now I'm where I need to be. And that is what it looks like for me. Wow. I'm, I'm speechless, except that's a beautiful story. And thanks for sharing. You're welcome. I'm going to close this here because I, there, yeah. there's no follow-up to that beautiful story. Thank you. Welcome. This is Sun Creek Radio, where your spirit comes to shine. Thank you for joining us today.